Hello, and welcome to the Heartfire Beat. This is a monthly podcast featuring interviews with authors from the Journal of Cardiac Failure. I'm Eileen Sheesh, your host, and I'm happy to be bringing you an episode in our bonus patient series. This puts a spotlight on important advances in heart failure care for both patients and caregivers. Today's podcast is amazing and is very important. We're talking about traveling with heart failure. I'm joined today by Lori Wood, who is a heart failure patient, and her husband, Dell, who accompanies her to appointments when traveling across states. Lori, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm going to summarize how we first met so our audience can hear and then ask you how you traveled to the Cleveland Clinic during the first few visits. I have known you, as you know, since 2015 when you came to my clinic with your husband. At that time, you were 51 years of age and one of the sickest patients I have met as an outpatient. Your ejection fraction was 6%. That's really low. And you had one of the largest hearts I had seen, which is eight centimeters. Probably something you don't want to hear right now, <laughs> but you, you really have done well. So I want to share your story so that others know that they can do this. You had no heart failure signs, but you were very weak and you were very frail. You weighed 126 pounds and you are five feet, six inches. I remember the first time I met you, I, I looked at you and your husband. You had traveled from Arkansas, where you live, to Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. And I asked you whether you would safely ever be able to come back because you were so ill. And I was just kind of taken back. So Lori, you had described to me about the tarmac, how ill you really were, which was kind of distressing to hear again. I know I must have heard it then, but hearing it again is, is still upsetting. And I want you to kind of share with everyone the challenges you faced just to travel you know, by flight. So why don't you tell your story? Okay. Well, I would, I think I'd be remiss, Dr. Sheesh, right now, if I didn't say up front that in so many ways, you and the Cleveland Clinic have been life-giving to me, to put it lightly. And one of the reasons is because heart failure took me completely by surprise. I had no risk factors and I had no family history. And, you know, three weeks, a funny story, three weeks before I was diagnosed, I had a medical evaluation for a life insurance policy, and I was told that I had less than 3% chance of ever developing heart disease. I was just a very active, never sit down kind of person. And the only symptom, the only noticeable symptom I had was shortness of breath on inclines. And I'm not even sure I understood what shortness of breath meant at that point, but I attributed to whatever I was feeling to being out of shape compared to my marathon running husband. But when I was first diagnosed, I was in my hometown. I had made an appointment with my PCP thinking I had the flu or maybe I had pneumonia. And he immediately hospitalized me. Then a few days later, I was fortunate enough to get an appointment at the Cleveland Clinic. The first time we traveled to Cleveland was by plane. And I almost didn't make it because I passed out on the plane while it was still on the tarmac and paramedics were called into the plane to take care of me and they advised us not to proceed, to get off the plane and to go back to my local ER. And my husband called our PCP and he said, you know what, if it was me, I would go on because you can be in Cleveland in two hours or you can sit in our ER for two hours. So 
if it was me, I would go. And so we went. And once we were there at the Cleveland Clinic, we checked into the adjacent hotel. And I stayed in a wheelchair that entire time. And then after my appointments, we returned home the next day. And it was a really quick trip. It was really just a blur to me right now. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I'd ever be back either at that point. Wow. Del, do you have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, when you say it was a blur, it was a blur. And and I guess the larger topic is, is traveling with heart failure. And, and at that point, we really didn't know what we were in for. It was a 13-hour drive, and we were prepared to make it up until a couple of days before, and we decided to fly. <laughs> and my big contribution to that was to get Lori a low-sodium meal on the plane, which consisted of a sandwich with cheese and, <laughs> and all the trimmings. We didn't know much about the nutrition. It was just a blur, but it, but it worked. I, I do remember we stayed at the Intercontinental, which has a, a walkway across. So we had a wheelchair when we got there, up to the room, over to Cleveland Clinic, into your office. And at the time, I guess some of it's being in denial. We knew Lori was weak and we knew that her numbers were bad, but I just so much remember wheeling Lori into your office and kind of being kind of apologetic, not knowing, not trying to overdo things too much because Lori could walk. Just didn't see a reason. There were so many people around the clinic and the wheelchairs were so available, kind of thought we would use it, but wasn't trying to oversell it. But that was just the naivety that we were in at that time. And it wasn't till much later that we learned so much more about how to travel and how to rest, how to eat, those sort of things. Wow. I think hearing it again is so scary because I I know how far we've come and to hear how sick you were and how little you knew at that moment is shocking that it all went well. So over the five years that I've known you, I'm pleased that you actually had improved on medical therapy. In fact, you've done amazing with that and biventricular pacemaker and a defibrillator. I actually attribute a lot of the success to Dr. Christopher Simpson, who's your primary cardiologist. I think that's important because it's been teamwork and he really has done all the groundwork and has really titrated the medications and and just been there throughout all of this. So I want to thank him. You still have good days and bad days, but I want to share with everyone that your ejection fraction has gone from 6% to 40%, normal being 50 to 55. So we have a mild cardiomyopathy now. And the size of the heart has reduced from 8 centimeters to 4.8. Pretty amazing recovery over these years. You know, I think now it's a piece of cake for you to travel and you probably have planned differently. So I'm kind of curious, Lori, if you want to start kind of saying, what do you do knowing that you're coming to my clinic in advance? Do you have to kind of book the hotel? How do you prepare for everything to come to this visit? And how do you bring your meds and all that? Sure. Yeah. So, well, one thing that's different is we ordinarily drive now. We just really enjoy the trip. We may or may not stop at every outlet mall between here and Cleveland, and there are a lot of those. But um, 
I have a very tolerant and selfless travel companion, so that's how that happens. But mostly we, I think we drive so that we can build in time in the day so it's not too much and we have more flexibility over our schedule than we would if we were flying. Also, when we drive, we take things with us that we can't easily find in a city that we're not familiar with. So we usually have a basket in the back seat and it has things like low sodium salad dressing and no salt peanut butter and homemade low sodium bread and maybe a jar of no salt added marinara sauce and some meal or snack bars that we found. Another thing we like to do is the week before we travel, when we're cooking, to take some of that food and freeze a little bit of it so that we have something we can take with us. And we have been known to use the microwaves at convenience stores along the way so that I have something to eat that I know I can eat. So that's something we do. We also pack snacks like roasted chickpeas and pop popcorn, things like dark chocolate, and then just tons and tons of fresh fruit. And I can be kind of obsessive about that part. So we have the whole back seat full of stuff. And we couldn't fit all of that in the carry-on. And so that's one of the reasons we don't fly is it takes a lot of things that we carry with us. We also now are more familiar with restaurants that we consider to be safe for me to eat at. The first time we were at the Cleveland Clinic, even finding low sodium options at the top heart hospital in the country was a really tough task for you know us unexperienced novice patients. We had a hard time. And now we know the types of restaurants we can eat at. We can do salad bars because we can control what's in it. We can also do, in a similar way, restaurants that have burrito bowls or burritos that you can make, baked potatoes, pasta with sauce on the side is a good option. And then it's almost counterintuitive, but one of our favorite things to do is eat at a like a hamburger and french fry place because we if you can get one where they have fresh hamburger patties and it's not frozen and can preserved in a sodium solution then I can get that without the bun and fries that are cut and made in the restaurant without salt and so we've found these different ways that we can get around finding something on the road also just knowing about the we can look up online about chain restaurants and they have their If they're a chain, they often have their nutrition guidelines published online. And so we can sort of get on there and pre-select what we might want to eat at a particular restaurant, knowing that at some point on the trip, we will encounter one of those chain restaurants. So those are just some of the things that we do to sort of make the travel, the food part of it, at least easier for us when we're traveling. So what what did I forget, Del? Yeah, I might add, we do enjoy the trips. Even the Cleveland Clinic trips, it makes it much nicer when we get a good EF reading (laughs) and can complete the trip home with a smile. But I guess one, I mean, Lori has always been very intentional and I help her double down on that when it comes to this because it's so very important in, in how she feels, how she eats and how she rests. But on some of these... I guess some people could call it a routine. I'm happy calling it a rut, and I've always been happy being in a rut. And And we can get in some of those safe ruts sometimes, especially when we're traveling. And on this trip, there's actually three different Ikeas that we can hit if we're up to it. Get a nice piece of salmon, some grains, 
something that we feel very good about eating, even when we're trying to, to save some time for Lori's birthday. Now, note that this isn't for her anniversary or certainly not Valentine's Day, but I thought I found the perfect gift for on this on this traveling and being prepared. It was for tailgating or picnicking. And I thought, what a great idea for travel, too. It was a travel size slow cooker with a lid that, and I just thought we could just cook along in the back seat for the next six hours and not have to, it's just ready whenever we're ready to eat it. Lori took that one back. (laughs) (laughs) So we may be intentional, but not, she's not going to let us go totally over the top. Ah, these were great. I think also, I never even thought about microwaving your food on the, you know, at different stops along the way. And I think that's helpful to people to hear that it can be appetizing. It it doesn't have to be all cold. Um, So what a a creative way of of thinking. Now we've come a long way and we, we have only time for one more question. We're more than halfway through the pod. And I'm going to ask, you recently traveled to Europe. So this is kind of crazy when we think about how we first started and how well we're doing. But that provided all sorts of challenges. You went, and I believe if my memory is correct, your daughter created the itinerary. So you didn't have to plan where you're going to go. But that was still uh, a challenge, a new challenge. And I think that for safety purposes, I always give you a copy of your note which summarizes your medical condition and your latest testing, and you brought that with you. Lori, can you tell me kind of what were the things that you were surprised? Because by then you felt pretty good, and yet there were still challenges along the way. So tell me what your challenges were. Yeah, so we were just so excited and blessed to take that. I mean, that was really a bucket list trip for us. We had never been to Europe, and when my daughter was first accepted to study in Germany, you were not allowing me to travel internationally at that point. We were hopeful, but we weren't quite there yet. But then once she was actually over there, my EF had increased to a point where I got the green light and it was amazing. We were there for three weeks, but looking back at it now, three weeks was a lot for me and it was probably actually too much. Some of the challenges were finding food in countries where we couldn't read the labels and we couldn't speak the language. And sometimes we couldn't even recognize the food and it was hard. And then just the physical toll of moving and unpacking every few days, it really got to me a couple of times. And honestly, I did melt down a couple of times when I bit off more than I could chew. And it it was hard because there were so many on a trip like that. There are so many must do's and it's my personality to go, go, go. And then to make it even more complicated, my other children met us in Europe toward the end of the trip. And at that point, I was already pretty fatigued. But every mama fiber inside me wanted to be just like they remembered me pre-heart failure. And I was dealing with that. But the trip was fabulous. I think it would have been a little bit more successful had we limited our expectations and maybe focused on one country or one city and thoroughly enjoyed that during the time that we had. Dell, do you have anything else to add to when we were in Europe? Yeah, I think you pretty well hit the nail right on the head in that, A, it was a great trip. We were so glad we did it. But B, it was too much at times. 
Our daughter did a fantastic job of doing it, but she did it just like a college student would do it. And we didn't have enough downtime built into the schedule. We tried to use Ubers or bus tours or shorter days, but there was always something being left undone. And we just, we just kind of, even though we went in it with our eyes open, it was kind of, some of it was out of our control and it, some of the days were just too full. And then the way that Europeans are, I get to the end of the day and I thought we had made it and I'm trying to protect Lori and her energy. And we would start one of those European dinners at night that lasted for two hours. <laughs> it was just like, we just can't get her to bed. But it was a great trip. How we know we did too much is I've got another trip in me, a bucket list item to go to the Holy Lands, and I just haven't talked Lori into doing that one just yet. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think y'all brought up some really important points, you know, that at the time that you went to travel, you felt really well, Lori, and you're very athletic. I mean, you are, you know, an athlete like your husband, and so... This seemed to be, you know, something that would be easy, but actually we, we have to remember you're on meds, your heart is still not back to normal and you have to limit. And I don't think we realize that. And I think that's a very important lesson because not everyone is in your shape going into this and knowing that they have to actually not prepare too much to do because it's a disappointment mentally when you can't get it done. And you feel, I think that that was more of it than anything else. You just felt like you were letting everyone down because you couldn't do it. And yet what you were asking your body to do was, was extremely amazing, but too much. The other thing I want to ask one more question is just medications. How did you travel? Did you bring all your pills? Did you bring a, a pill box, all the bottles? How did you get it through, you know, Customs, what did, what did you do knowing in advance to have that kind of taken care of? Yeah, so since it was three weeks, I packed all of my daily medications in the weekly pill boxes. And I kept one of the pill one of the weeks with me. And I put the other two in my check bag. And I'm really glad <laughs> I didn't have any trouble getting through customs at all. But I was really glad that I had the one in my personal carry-on because my check bag was actually lost when we went to Europe. And I didn't have it for three or four days. They were trying to find us and trying to find our bag. And so it was important that I had at least a week's worth with me that I had control over. Another thing that I did was I, I packed extra of the water pills in case I started retaining water just from the food. Another thing I do which is something that is, whether I'm traveling abroad or just as a matter of everyday business, I have a list on my phone in the emergency information on my phone that can be accessed without anyone knowing the passcode to my phone. And it has all of my medications listed there. I also have all of my doctor's numbers and pharmacy numbers in my phone, but there's an app that I use to reorder my medication that also shows the IDs with all of the refill information. And that's handy for me because then everything, if everything were to get lost, all of that information would be right in my phone. And if I couldn't access it, anyone could because of the emergency feature on my phone. Wow. All this is so helpful. I want to thank you so much. You know, and I also feel it's important to recap 
I think number one, you, you are that patient who made it through all phases of heart failure from the most severe and uh, most challenging to actually just travel from state to state to someone who actually then got to enjoy and have leisure time as part of the travel. And I think that the key features in my mind are the fact that you traveled, you always were accompanied by someone. So there was always somebody there in case of emergencies. And that was especially important early on, but it's always just nice to have. And you provided the safety net for your emergencies by also having a list of your medications and your doctors on your phone. You have also a handwritten or typed report from my office as well that you carry with you when you travel. I heard that you actually, you know, bring your own food as often as you can when you're traveling within the States to make sure that actually it was going to be salt free. And then when you did stop in advance, you looked for healthy options in places that I wouldn't have thought of, such as Ikea has a has actually a restaurant that happens to have healthy choices. So that was really very important. You also heated your food at times when you brought your own by just going into different stations and kind of stopping points where you can use a microwave and actually just heat your food. And you prepared in advance. Nothing was done spontaneously. Everything was done with thought. And that the only time that, that you planned too much was when you felt well. And in retrospect, that's also important to, to remind others to realize that you still are a heart patient and you have to actually give yourself a break and not expect you know the same as, as before. And then I think the last something I wouldn't have thought about, which is really critical, is keep your meds on you because you know if your luggage gets lost, that's, that's a really serious problem and it, it can be corrected, but it's, it, it's going to take time. So having your meds on you at all times or at least a week's supply is actually really critical. Well, I want to thank you so much for both of you being here. You're such an amazing team. And I heard that you were high school sweethearts, which, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, just touches me beyond. Living, um, living the dream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All are just adorable and amazing. So please stay tuned for our next episode on Harfire Beat. And I've just very much enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.